0: Hey, we're so happy you found us online. The message you're about to hear was recorded live at Grace Family Church. We're a community following the call to love God, love people, and make a difference. We meet at four locations around Durban and at graceonline.tv. Go ahead and share this message. Or you can download it and listen to it in your car or at home later today. Wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening from, thank you for connecting with us. And may you be encouraged by the message coming up next. Well, welcome to our first week in a series called Relationship Remedies. And um, once again, we are amazed at how God has gone before us and planned this time together. Because about two months ago, we decided to do a relationship series after Easter. Something that would really meet the felt needs of people both in and out of church. And little did we know that we'd be in the middle of this lockdown needing some relationship interventions like we've never needed them before. I know lockdown can be hard on relationships. And um, I don't know if you have been playing some of these fun little quarantine relationship games that have been going on in our house. There's the one where, uh, you know, um, someone says, why are you doing it like that? Um, This game has no winners. Uh, Or there's the look what I did game where you tell everybody that you unpacked the dishwasher or hung up the laundry. Anyone playing that game at home? My particularly favorite quarantine game is the one called Babe, what is this doing here? Uh, Where someone calls you from another room where you cannot see what they're talking about. Fun times in lockdown out there, guys. There really are all kinds of lockdown experiences going on. For some, it really is a, a great holiday, a precious quality time with families. For others I know this is financially stressful. Uh, there's a loss of control over income. And for others who you know perhaps live on their own or, or are far away from family this is incredibly lonely. And I know that for others still, not being able to leave their homes for work and school is, is, is toxic and even unsafe. Um, and and we are praying and and holding in our hearts those who are affected by the gender-based violence that is actually part of this crisis. There really are all kinds of experiences going on out there. But my guess is that whatever kind of lockdown you're having, you will find this. Your ordinary relationships are under extraordinary strain. When there is extra heavy pressure on a relationship, all of our fault lines and weaknesses can show up. Our triggers are set off. We may start looking around for escapes into screens and social media, numb with food or alcohol, or sink into despair and depression. And that's why we wanna talk about relationship remedies. These are not quick fixes. These are deeply healthy, long-term healing properties that will affect the quality of your relationships way past lockdown. In fact, I believe that there are some things in our relationships that we can hide from in real life, but we can't escape in lockdown. And that God is giving us an opportunity not to just survive the season, but to start introducing relationship remedies that will bring thriving, flourishing vitality to your relationships in the long run, because there is life after lockdown. Now, why do I even think this is possible? Well, it's interesting to see how over the centuries, the church has thrived in lockdown or persecution. We know that More people are watching our church online than have ever walked into a building on a Sunday. When I studied theology years ago, one of our first lectures, our professor showed us how whenever the church came under pressure from society, it usually thrived. When the church got safe and comfortable, it began to decline. There is something about tough times that can produce great growth. And that can be a truth for our relationships, not just the body of Christ. So if your question is, can your relationships thrive in lockdown, not just survive? I believe the answer is yes. What was the early church doing that caused it to thrive, not just survive? And can we also do that in our homes and amongst our people and and our friends and families? Jesus gives us a, a, a secret weapon, a winning formula that would give us the capacity for, for impact, for abundant love, for, for, for the glorification of God, even in these difficult times. And we find this, this kind of winning formula, this, this yes of Jesus in John 17. John 17 is is known as the the prayer of Jesus. Some versions call it the high priestly prayer. And it's kind of at the heart of everything Jesus came for and longs for. This is, it's like Jesus' ultimate prayer request. Now, of those of you who grew up in church, you'll know what a prayer request is. You know, you're sitting in a circle or, you know, you're about to finish a Sunday school class or a small group and someone says, does anybody have a prayer request? And if you've been in that space, you might even know that often prayer requests are just kind of a cover for some good old gossip. You know, like, oh, Lord Jesus, we just pray for Sarah, Lord. She is really struggling with self-control right now. And God, we just pray will you help her to just keep her tongue, Lord? Because you know her husband Joe, Jesus, he is wandering. And you know what happened last time, Lord. So can you help Joe to be faithful? Thank you, Jesus. We just we lift him and Mary up to you, Lord. We pray that they'll stop fighting on the, on the group WhatsApp. And, um, you know, Lord, give us patience. <laughs> kind of this uh, prayer request gossip. Um, but Jesus had a prayer request. And it actually does give us some insight into the unseen dynamics. Because in this prayer request, we see that Jesus knew something. He knew what was coming our way. And so this is what he prays from verse 9 onwards. He says, My prayer is is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They, They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name. Now, maybe when you hear that, that Jesus is praying for our protection, you're like, oh, thank goodness, we need protection right now. You see, Jesus protected the disciples while he was with them. And then before he dies, he prays that God the Father would protect them. But wait, because there's more, protect them from what? Protect them so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. (laughs) Jesus prayed for protection, it's true, but not protection from disease. Or destruction, not from ruin or losing their reputations or families, not protection from suffering or loss. And, and he knew that these followers would go on to be flayed, imprisoned, crucified, killed in the Colosseum. Jesus prayed for protection from division. Protection from division. He says, I am praying not only for those disciples, verse 20, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I mean, that is good news, that Jesus was not just praying for the men and women that were actually with him that night, or for the early church who who believed their testimony, but Jesus prayed for every single one of us. This is is profound, because what does Jesus pray for us, for you? me, for for your family, for your household and your friends, for for Grace Family Church, this is what he prays, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and, and, and I am in you, I mean, Jesus could have prayed for anything here, But Jesus' prayer request was to protect our unity above everything else. He prayed for unity over healings, unity over miracles or spiritual growth. He prayed for unity even over comfort and security and safety, which to be honest is, is pretty jarring for us. Why would Jesus rather protect our unity than our lives? We start to see why. In verse 21, he says, so that the world will believe you sent me. He prays for our unity because he wants the world to know that Jesus is God. And it's not just so they would know who Jesus was. Verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me in me may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know you sent me and here's the amazing part and that you love them as much as you love me Jesus prayed for unity so that the world would know what God was like his nature his character Father I want these whom you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me. I love this line. Because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for them will be Your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. You see, the most important reason that Jesus prayed for unity above all is he wanted every single person to know God loved them and not just loved them, but loved them before the world began. These guys were how that message was going to be out. Get out. You know, that can be quite hard to hear because if I'm honest, I've always been more concerned with the safety of my loved ones and the comfort and security of, of, of our lives than of than unity. But Jesus prayed for protection over our unity because he knew that division would hurt us more than disease. Division would hurt us more than disease. Because we can be suffering and scared and struggling. But if we are loving one another, we are at peace with one another, then we are truly free, no matter how locked down we might be. You see, that secret of of Jesus that he gave to the early church and that he gives to us is this. One is the win. Oneness is what Jesus wanted for us above anything else. More than protection from COVID or financial ruin or unemployment, Jesus wanted us protected from division. Now just a few minutes before he prayed this incredible prayer, while he had been eating with his disciples, Jesus had said to them, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now this commandment, this law, is truly at the heart of what Jesus wants us to do. It's all he prays for. He's like, love one another, guys, as I have loved you, which which means you don't get to make this up, what this love looks like. I've modeled it for you. The freedom that Jesus comes to bring us was a freedom that love brings us, not the end of lockdown. You will still have these people in your life when lockdown ends. No matter what happens, the relationships in your life will be what counts. That's why division hurts us more than disease. Now Jesus prayed for protection because difficult circumstances and fear do a very good job of dividing us. Jesus knew what was coming our way. I'm part of lots of WhatsApp groups as I'm sure you are and And every now and then there's kind of this big flare up in one of them and people get really angry with each other. They attack one another, you know, because someone left their house or someone shared an article they don't agree with or somebody made a joke about something they're really serious about. You know, there are the dog walking whistleblowers and and people being publicly shamed for wearing their masks incorrectly and people being unfriended on Facebook because they, you know, shared an article about 5G Why does all this tension and anger happen? Why does all this division show up? Because people are afraid. We're afraid of losing someone we really love. We're we're afraid of things that are happening outside of our control. Losing control, which is something that many of us are struggling with, is a very scary thing. And fear is very good at dividing us. And often our reactions may even be to lash out at the people we love the most. Jesus knew we would need protection from division because division hurts us so much. So, how do we love one another? How do we love one another the way Jesus did, where one is the win, where there is unity? Well, Paul the Apostle took the words of Jesus and made them super practical in Galatians 6. And uh, in Galatia, the, the church in Galatia, I really want to encourage you to kind of go and and read the whole of Galatians 6 because we don't have time to, to look, unpack this whole scripture. But it's, it, when I read it, it felt like it was written for us in lockdown. So, so go check it out. But I want to focus in on this one powerful uh, line. Paul calls it the law of Christ. You want to make one the win? You want unity to be, to be the, the kind of the protection around your life? In Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That law of Christ is the commandment to love one another. And and, and Paul saying, hey, you want to fulfill the law of Christ? Bear one another's burdens. If you want to thrive in this lockdown and build a great foundation for your relationships going forward, uh, whether you're in struggle with someone right now, then give this some thought, give it some time, give it a try and bear one another's burdens. What does that look like? Under tough circumstances, what does it look like to bear one another's burdens? Now I want to give you three really practical ways to do this. They're not quick fixes. Like I said, in fact, you may not even see the fruit of this right now in lockdown. But remember, there is life after lockdown. And you can start sowing now. What do you want to reap going forward? So here are three practical relationship remedies to help us bear one another's burdens. The first one is perspective. Everything everyone does makes sense to them. That's what Andy Stanley says. Everything everyone does makes sense to them. It may not make sense to you, but to that person, it makes perfect sense. So if you find yourself saying things like, why would you even do that? Or, you know, I don't understand how anybody could say that. Then you're admitting that there is something you don't know or understand. You see, if we want to understand something that that makes sense to somebody else, we have to see it from their perspective. The way to, to understand why someone else is doing what they're doing or saying what they're saying is to get up and to walk around to their side of the table and look at the conversation or look at the problem from where they stand. See things from their point of view. You know, if I had, I've used this analogy many times, if I had a piece of paper and I, I drew the number six on it and I held it up to you, you'd see a nine, I'd see a six. And we could argue about which one of us is right, But on your side of the table, you're right. And on my side of the table, I'm right. And if I get up and I walk over and I see why you think you're right, then I have seen the problem from your perspective. You know, most of us um, just want to be understood. We may not even want our way. We, We just want our way considered. And perhaps one of the ways that you can bear Uh, the people that you live with's burdens, is to just look at the conversation from their perspective. I won't lie, this is hard. This week I got some tough feedback from Tom. We were having a conversation and he told me, Jess, you are stubborn and you are rude when you don't get your way. And I said, no, I am not. And then realized that was extremely ironic and had to admit that maybe I am a little stubborn. (laughs) Now, I could have stayed on my side of the table and defended myself and explained why he is exactly wrong, which under the circumstances may have made him exactly right. Or I could have said to him, okay, help me understand where are you seeing that in my behavior? Um, and I, I think I did do that a little sulkily, but I did ask him to tell me more. So the first way to bear one another's burdens is to see things from someone else's perspective. The second thing is to play to your strengths. You know, under lockdown, uh, there may be the opportunity to relook at the roles in your life. If something is a burden to someone, reassign some of the roles. We all have different strengths that can complement each other, and under these new circumstances, this new reality, you may have to change some of your normal routines or roles. If you see someone in your home is struggling with something, Take it off their hands for a bit, even when it's not your job, under normal circumstances. Who's a morning person? Who's good with admin? Who can go with the flow and Doesn't get flustered when things go wrong? You know, maybe you never made dinner before because you used to get home too late. Now you're home, so you can do it two evenings a week. <laughs> you know, maybe um, you know you used to leave too early in the morning to take out the rubbish. But, but now you can, and um, it's on Wednesdays, Tom. Um, but we can bear one another's burdens by playing to our strengths and re-looking at our roles in these extraordinary circumstances. And then the last thing that I want to share with you, the last way that we can bear one another's burdens, perspective, play to your strengths, and finally, presence. You know, the per- people that you live with or, or the person that, that you, you love and maybe is not living with you. They can't fulfill all your relational needs. All that, that your relationship tank needs to be filled up with, it, it, under lockdown, it ends up getting hyper-focused. Maybe who you live with on one or two people. My youngest boy, Luke, he's such an extrovert and I didn't realize how much school filled his tank. Without his friends and his teachers to socialize with, all day, every day, he wants Tom and I to play with him, which is lovely, but demanding and not always possible. And and I wondered why he was being so difficult and needy. And I realized, you know, I can't fulfill all his relationship needs. Guys, lockdown is tough because there just aren't enough people in our homes to meet our needs. I miss my friends. I miss my my mom and mom-in-law. There are people missing from my daily life and perhaps you feel that same struggle. But here's the thing. There is another person you can invite into your home. God's presence is real. Like Tom said last week, peace is a person. So talk to Jesus. Vent to Jesus. Ask Jesus to fulfill some of your needs because God is with us, Emmanuel. God is with you in your lockdown situation. And so invite his presence into your life and home. Before we close, we want to let you know that on Wednesday night, We are meeting back here again for a live session with Mark Perret, who's our Belito campus pastor, and Mandy Perret, our Belito group life pastor. Because for this Relationship Remedies series, we we are gonna have kind of a follow-up get-together. Questions and answers, Mark and Mandy will unpack some of how what we've spoken about today has impacted them, and it's a place for you to take a deep dive into this content. It's almost like a behind-the-scenes episode for where this stuff actually applies in our lives. So if you're watching on your own or whoever you're with now, maybe with your group, join Mark and Mandy on Wednesday night for more from Relationship Remedies. But as we close, let's pray like Jesus prayed. Let's ask God to make us one, even as Jesus and the Father are one. Because here's the thing. This is not about church growth. This is not about getting more people in in a building. This isn't even about surviving lockdown. This is what will make our season of close proximity with people who are sometimes hard to love really, really count. If you can move through the season of extraordinary pressure on your ordinary relationships with unity, you will find incredible worth and wealth in your life, no matter what life looks like at the end of this. No matter what you and your family will suffer, no matter what hardships still lie on the other side of this, if you have loved one another unconditionally and prayed for unity and fought for oneness, your influence, your impact, your life will count for more than it ever could with the comfort and convenience and security this world tries to offer us. So let's pray now. God, I pray for every person and their relationships, for every home, for every room and space represented in this gathering. God, may we be one, even as you and Jesus and the Spirit are one. Make us one so that we can bear each other's burdens. We can love, we can show up for each other in our struggle, in our weakness. Lord, we don't want to be overcome by division, but rather in your name, find unity. I pray now, Jesus, for healing, healing for the relationships that are under strain and stress, healing for those things that are showing up right now that that perhaps we have held at bay and ignored. Holy Spirit, fill each person and each home the way you filled that room filled with your disciples who were also locked down under fear and uncertainty. And may your Holy Spirit breathe into each space love and patience and self-control. Breathe your life into us now, Jesus. And help us to be one, just as you are one.